Support for the Good Guys Talk Back podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Guys, we all know it's important to keep ourselves nice, neat, and groomed. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels to make that happen. And ladies, come on. If you want your man to be looking good from top to bottom, Manscaped is where you need to go. Manscaped obsesses over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, and we have an exclusive offer for our fans. 20% off plus free shipping with the code GGTB at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code GGTB. TB. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Sox fans, welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, a fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast for the love of the Sox. Hosted by Nick Borowski and Pat Hester. Hey Sox fans, welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, episode 91. Nick Morowski with you. Uh, this is a very fan-centric, very local Chicago White Sox podcast recording just blocks from the stadium in beautiful Bridgeport. You can find this podcast everywhere you find your podcast, especially on the ShyCitySports.com website. They've got some great Chicago centric content and we are there very excited to be there uh while you're there checking out our podcast find a t-shirt for yourself as well on the shycitysports.com uh, shop a lot of good stuff going on uh boy uh we we're so happy you're with us uh, once again um we've got a lot of crazy stuff to talk about as we're going to recap this uh, bizarre kansas city series talk about uh that home opener is Pat Hester and I were there in attendance. Uh, what is going on with runners in scoring position? Um, how's the pitching handling things and uh, previewing this Cleveland series? So it's everything White Sox. Glad you're here. Pat Hester, hello, sir. Nick, I want to know one thing before we get started. How many times did you watch the Your Mean Mercedes home run from opening day? Did you just have it on a loop? Like before yeah, you went to bed, it, it was at least a dozen. <laughs> I went to bed with it and I woke up with it at least a dozen times. Uh, you couldn't get away from it. They were playing it everywhere, nationally, locally. Um, uh, he was on the front page of the Sunday uh, Chicago Tribune section. Big, you know, huge graphic, a big article. Um, it's it's Mercedes mania here in Chicago <laughs> on the south side, man. Well, I'm well, first of all, I'm really happy to know that you still get a paper. Is, you, you're the one. <laughs> I am the one that's you. holding everything together yeah. still. I am the yeah. one. on Sundays only, though. I get all the digital. I, I the, the subscription package I have is digital content unlimited. Uh, and then I just get the Sunday, um, the hard copy. The you are an old Sunday. soul, my friend. I know you it. I, I know soul. it. Not that there's uh, anything wrong with that. Not that no, that's well, I told you on the day off, I walked, I walked over to the uh, Chicago Sports Depot and I picked myself up the the media guide, the 2021 media guide, just so I can have that on hand. 
Uh, I am. I, I can't quit that old media content. Well, you and I are, are journalism broadcasting people from the way back. And I don't know. There's something that I just can't quit on that on that uh, on that front. So I, I yeah. just don't know how to quit you. <laughs> yeah. Time media. I just don't yeah. know how to quit you. Yeah. Well, Nick, uh, I wish, you know, unfortunately, today kind of sours uh, what what we experience a little bit from opening day, but I we'll talk both the, the good and the bad because yeah, the you know, last time uh, we were reacting a lot to the Seattle, the most recent Seattle loss mm-hmm. and it was uh 90% of our show was negative. So let's, yeah, let's sure. do ourselves a favor and we'll, we're going to recap today, but uh, let's spend some time talking about some of the good because there is some good. There is. Oh, oh, sure. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited about what we'll, we should talk about. Michael Kopech and my, my yeah. current man crush on him. Yeah. And uh, and and a lot of other great stuff. So excited to talk to you today. I can't wait to to uh, dissect this uh, these last two games with you. Uh, the the Sox, uh, the state of the Sox are, are they're four and five, and uh, they split with Kansas City. A weird split. Um, of course, uh, Thursday was. Uh, the home opener, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna get into that as Pat and I were in attendance. Uh, and then there's that that Midwest, that classic Midwest day off on Friday, just in case your home opener gets snowed out, rained out. Uh, you've got that that Friday date or that that day after, which it happened to be a, a pretty pretty nice day for uh, early April in Chicago. Of course, no game, and then Saturday. Rains all day. Good on the Sox for canceling that thing early before mm-hmm. folks started traveling um, to the south side. Uh, but that that means there's going to be a, a, a double header uh, in May. I think May 14th they're going to play a uh, a double header, two seven seven inning games with Kansas City. Um, and then you've got you've got uh, this this finale here that. You know, not the best of weather, but it was a pretty dry day, and you had Cease on the hill, and you know, it was a kind of a classic like getaway day. Uh, not, but it wasn't a getaway day because you know Cleveland's coming into town. But it was like that classic like last game in the series, Pat, where especially on a Sunday, I don't know why, I just don't know why we just didn't have it. Like after two days off, we just looked like out of sorts. Uh, even cease, but I mean, what were your early impressions as the game was, as the game was starting and you were watching it? My early impressions were that this, we should have had five or six runs before, you know, the fourth inning is all Mm -hmm. we should have had. We had multiple opportunities, even though we only had four hits. I think we walked again, another almost 10 times today. If, if maybe, maybe we did walk. Yeah. Nine, was, I think. Yeah, it, it was, yeah, it was close to 10 times when a team walks you that many times and, yeah. and you don't score, score more than, you know, three runs the entire game. Sure. That's, that's ridiculous. I, I, I'm yeah. a little bit, I'm a little bit taken aback, I guess, by the lack of, uh, I, I wouldn't say offense, but just a clutch hitting or mm-hmm, situational mm-hmm. hitting. Yeah. You know, hitting to the right side to move somebody over and then getting a a, a sack fly. And I know it's harder than that. It, it's not easy to j- just hit a sack fly on demand. But by golly, let's let's do that once in a while. And um, Nick Madrigal, yeah, I, I've defended this guy a lot because I think he still has potential to you know be a you know a major leaguer. I'm not going to say he's going to be a, an all star or. Or a Hall of Famer mm-hmm. by any means, but he's a major league player, I think. 
Yeah. And when when you're when all you're built up to be is you know the guy that that doesn't get out and hits the ball and gets on base, and when we need you to just slap a single somewhere, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. I got problems with that. And and the yeah. bunt to move a guy over, uh, and you should just giving yourself up. You're not getting yeah. around there to, to so. There's a lot of things I I've got a problem with today, and yeah. it just it just makes me I'm already bald, Nick. I can't pull out any hair. <laughs> well, the I way did, you're the way okay. So this is obviously audio, but you and I can see each other as we're as we're you know recording through Streamyard. The way you're rubbing your forehead right now as you're trying to break down the game is what I think we all were feeling. Just wanting to just pull every like hair eyebrows everything out of our skull because like you had said not being able to make contact not being able to move runners over um one one for 15 with runners in scoring position today one for 15 and 12 uh, runners left on base it's really Um, gotten to the point where it's unacceptable and and i think at some point and i don't it's too early for me to to rag on on La Russa for lineups and maybe this guy should have been in there. I really don't care. We've got guys in this lineup that are all good enough hitters to get the job done. Absolutely. For the most part. So yeah. I don't I know where you may want to touch on Grandal. I know the beef is out there saying Grandal should have been in there. And that's fine. You can have that opinion. But it doesn't excuse the fact that they scored one run before Adam Eaton came in and, and almost saved the day by hitting a two run homer. So, yeah. So, so, you know, they, they, I mean, this game was theirs to win and it was built. This was a classic, uh, you know, game where this is where the bullpen, uh, especially Hendricks nails down this, this nitty gritty game where we don't score a lot Eaton of all people uh, who's second in the team in RBIs right now, first and runs scored um, hits a two run Homer to put us up three, two, and then Hendrick loses it uh, in the ninth on a home run to tie it. And then we lose in extras. We had two errors throughout the game. One kind of cost us it. it you know, th- this is the, the stuff that Hawk used to talk. Okay. So when Hawk is waxing on by all these different players, and I'm telling you this, I'm going to tell you that stone pony, tell you what DJ he, he would say, you're going to win 60 games and you're going to lose 60 games. And what you then do with those 42 other games really gives you the character of your team. And this game falls into that 42, uh, the Seattle finale, a couple games in LA, you know, so yeah, it's, it's, there's been uh, nine games, all right. The sacks are four and five right now, but uh, three of those games, maybe four, you know, but three for sure fall into that. This was what defines a competitive contending team. And they either go into the L column or they go in the W column. And the fact that these are starting to go into the L column, like something has got to be You have to turn this around. And uh, I, you know, I hate to, we're going to harp on it a lot during this episode. And a lot of folks are doing it on social media. You're, you know, you're listening to this wherever you are, you're talking to your friend, uh, friends, your family, you know, yelling maybe uh, at us as you're listening. Yes, yes, yes. Because, this has been going on for a long time, Pat, yeah. not just this year or during the rebuild, but it's almost like this is a Sox thing is leaving runners on in a horrible 
uh, running and runners in scoring position average. I mean, did, have you felt like this has just been a, a long nightmare? Well, they they flashed it up on on the screen today, Nick, and I think the stat is very telling. And we did hit a home run today, but when we hit home runs, in games when we hit home runs, we score five point something runs per game. When we don't, we score two runs a game. Yeah. So that means it just tells you. Again, that's a lot of lot of what baseball is today anyway across the league, right? It, it's home run or nothing. But you know, by God, you gotta you gotta get more than two runs a game if you don't hit a yeah. home run. Yeah. So you're not I don't care. And I and again, maybe it's contradicts what I said. I don't I don't care if you know you you blow saves or the the, the bullpen isn't nailed. You you still have to score more than a couple of runs a game to, to win a game. With this offense, with this offense, absolutely. I mean, take, you know, Jimenez completely out of the equation. You have to. Mm -hmm. uh, this team coming in loaded. Uh, Makata, 0 for 5 again today. Makata's hitting 161. I mean, we witnessed a home run during the home opener, but Makata has done absolutely nothing outside of, of some of those. Uh, 161 is pathetic. Yeah. You know, it, it absolutely is for what we saw in the spring, uh, you know, a healthy Mankata, what we were told, uh, you know, Mankata, he, he's feeling great. He, he's back. He's ready. And, and we all believed it, me included. I mean, Mankata can be a, an AL MVP candidate. It's the season's early. Sure. But, man, you're starting to get into a point where there's some trends this month and, and we're yeah. going to, you know you know, the central is the team that you also have to like pound down. Now we both watched Cease and you know four and two thirds today, three walks, six strikeouts, a run. He touched 97, 98 miles per hour. Thoughts on Cease today? I I I was okay with his performance. Yeah. I, I didn't have a problem with his performance. Um, I just think he does what Cease does, and that's pile up a lot of pitches and he can't mm -hmm. get himself into the you yeah. know, into the sixth inning. I mean, that's eventually that's what he's got to learn. And that's why it is so critical to, for him to have good defense behind him. Because yeah. if he has a gaffe like Moncada had, where you're adding another five or six pitches to that inning and you've got, it's almost like everything's got to work just right for him because you know that if something bad happens behind him, he's not getting the next guy out in one or two pitches. He's just not. Yeah. And, and you know what? Hey man, pitchers have to make pitches and they have to overcome stuff, but there's only so much sometimes that you can yeah. overcome. And there has been a little, there's been too much. Let's just say it. there's been too much this early season in 2021 to ask for starting pitchers to go above and beyond. Like, well, you're paid to get out of jams. You're paid to make pitches. You're paid. You know, so that's just a, that I'm sorry. I, I can't subscribe to that. But, uh, but he, he kept us in the game though, Nick, right? Sure. I mean, no, like, I, that I get. And I thought he did. He, he pitched a lot like he did in the first game, the first time he was out there. So he did enough to keep you in the game and other factors failed you, in my opinion. Now, here a guy that came in today and uh, his numbers aren't terrible, but it's just like the optics is bummer. I, I just and I think maybe we were spoiled last year with his, uh, you, know, the, you know, the misses, you know, the swings and misses that he would get from opponents. It's just not there. It doesn't look like he's fooling people at no. all. And folks are getting uh, bats on balls in the wrong situation, which, uh, you know, he came into a tight, tight game. Um, I haven't really, you know, I, I haven't been very impressed at all with the, with the small sample size from Bummer. No, and you start to wonder – 
this this kind of goes back to my theory about bullpens, Nick, and and guys in the bullpen. I, you just can't count on them year in and year out. They're going to yeah. have up years and down years. Yeah. It seems like yeah. there's not much in between. And I also wonder, possibly, with some of these guys, is it have they reached the point where they they maybe have a little dead arm going on, mm. where you know they they they've been throwing now for what uh, two months. And have they reached a little bit of a dead arm they have to overcome before they get back to their normal self? I have no idea. I don't even know if that's, you know, usually hear about kind of a dead arm period happening more in the spring training. Spring training. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know because you're right. He just doesn't look like the same electric, you know, wipeout pitcher that, that we're used to seeing. So I, I guess the hope is with him and Hendricks that maybe this is the, the, the floor and the ceiling is, is there for them still this year? Because boy, oh boy, if what we really counted on to be the heart and soul of this team, really, you and I both talked about it. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think other folks that we had on this, on this broadcast talked about it as well. Yeah. You know, that, that you really should, if you get to the sixth inning, you're in good shape. Well, we've gotten to the seventh and eighth and it's all of a sudden you don't feel so good anymore. Yeah, I you know, uh that was the conversation in in February and in March is the bullpen. Uh nationally, locally, you talk to family, you talk to any other Sox fan, it was just watch out, man. This bullpen is all world. It hasn't it hasn't looked it and uh maybe it is the expectations, maybe it is the weight on the shoulders. Um you had joked around about uh <laughs> Hendricks uh, mirroring Billy Koch, uh, we're nowhere near that. Uh, however, Koch uh, in 2003 um, was pretty ugly. Uh, 10 home runs, 28 walks, and 53 okay. innings. And he only oh. managed 11 saves in 2003, uh, his first year I'm gonna be sick. Uh, with the Sox. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Hendricks, I just think, needs reps, man. Hendricks needs, I think, a few more innings. But Today, and you're seeing like Colome, what Colome is doing with Minnesota, he's yeah. blowing saves left and right. Uh, and there, and there, and there is the shelf life. I think we all looked at Colome like, yeah, man, he, the, the the reliever yeah. this day and age has a, has a has a shelf life. I don't know, man. I, I don't think Hendricks at all has got is there yet. I mean, he's got electric stuff. I just think he missed. He missed on his home run to Santana today. Yeah, and he missed bad, and he would love to have that back. Um, he looked pretty dominant with his stuff. He, he's definitely the firepower there. The energy's there. The movement is there. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, but, but well, today was a classic save situation, though. Like yeah. the energy, it was a three two game. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh man, we weren't in a save situation and his focus was probably off. This is when you are laser focused yeah. as a as a lockdown closer. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I hope this is I hope this is not a, a thing that will continue. And I don't think it will. I think he's too good for this. I think eventually it'll get figured out. But and and maybe I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt because you want to root for the guy because he's such a good guy, right? And you yeah. saw a piece today about uh, more things he's doing at, at children's hospitals and yeah, yeah, absolutely. Stuff that he does, and you want to root for him because he just seems like such a likable guy. So. Maybe I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt right now, and maybe it's too small of a sample size. But uh, I, I just, I, I, I'm just a little bit underwhelmed right now. I guess is, yeah. is the uh, the term I would use. 
let me throw a couple offensive numbers at you uh, before we get to really the just an amazing bright spot in, in the pitching world. Uh, as a club, the Sox are hitting 242, which is, uh, you know, it's middle of the pack. It's, it's garbage, though, right now. 390 slugging. Uh, Abreu is leader in the clubhouse with uh, nine RBIs. Uh, we've got three folks uh, tied uh, in the home run world. Um, and uh, Mercedes is just the talk of the town, of course, hitting 536, which is, isn't mm-hmm. going to stay. But uh, there's some things that I think we'll keep with Mercedes. We'll get to in a little bit here. Uh, so the joy uh, is Kopech. Uh, he pitched again uh, today in this uh, Kansas City finale. Uh, he's, he hasn't pitched a ton, uh, this season. Um, he's had a, a decent amount of appearances, but he's only pitched two and a, a third innings, three strikeouts. And that is it. No walks, no runs. It's been, it has been very sharp. He's looked dominant. It looks like hitters are simply guessing, yeah. uh, with their swings, uh, even late swings because of the break, the movement on, on Kopech's pitches. You have really enjoyed uh, watching Kopech. <laughs> well, I, I was always one that was really excited to see him when he came up. I think the whole, you know, Sox fandom nation was excited to see him. And yeah. it was such a letdown when he got hurt. And then I think maybe, maybe wrongfully, like people went after him. He's a, sure. he's a different cat, you know, yeah. marches to the beat of his own drummer type of dude. Yeah, and for whatever reason, people didn't like that. They didn't thought he was soft and all kinds of weird things. And um, I just he's got it. It just seems like you know when you yeah. when you when you see him out on the mound and he's got that presence mm-hmm. and he's rushing up a 90, 97 miles an hour. A lot oh, of yeah, ninety seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. But when it's a riser and and guys yeah. cannot they can't find it. It's not straight as a string. Yeah. And then you're throwing a 91 mile an hour change up. That's dancing down and away. Oh, nasty. Down and in, yeah. Depending yeah. on lefty or righty. I mean, the stuff is there. The stuff is dazzling. It's, it always has been, maybe he'll never be, maybe he'll never touch triple digits again. I don't think he has to, the guy knows how to pitch man. And well, I, that's yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see what what his future is going to be all about, and I think they're using him perfectly right now. Yeah, I, I love the, I love the way they're using him right now. So yeah, continue so, to bring him in in this, you know, sixth, fifth, sixth inning role yeah. if need be. Yeah, and, parts of about three innings. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, uh, again, he just he just looks like he's got everything going in his favor. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. not too height. He's not trying to throw the, the ball through the catch. And he knows step. it, man. He yeah. knows it too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and even it seems always very stoic, but a little smile coming off the mound today. Looks yeah. like he's enjoying it. So yeah, because I think he he missed a he missed a spot and he still got away with it. Yeah. And I think when that's happening, you're in a groove. Yeah. You you, you really are. Um, all right, let's take care of some business and then we'll get to some other fun stuff here on episode 91. Hey, support for the Good Guys Talk Back podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, And we've got an exclusive offer for our fans, 20% off plus free shipping with the code GGTB at Manscaped. 
Com. Nick, I've mentioned this before. I'll mention mm-hmm. it again. You know yeah. that these trimmers, that has a little LED light on it. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, and, yeah. you know, just so you can get every nook and cranny mm-hmm. taken care of, you don't yeah. miss anything. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Again, I've mentioned you could you could manscape in the dark if you, if mm-hmm. you absolutely had to. And, yeah. uh, you know, again, please do yourself a favor, everybody. You're walking around, you're a disgusting animal. Get yourself up. <laughs> manscape 3.0 get that one more 3.0 use our promo code please we beg you gtb get that 20 percent off get it shipped to you right now and be less disgusting it's for your own good and every nook and cranny like like an english muffin it almost sounded like you were manscaping an english muffin there you could you could you really could early morning you get that muffin out and just Mm -hmm. clean it up hello yes indeed um yeah use that code ggtb at manscape uh, dot com. Um, you know, I, this is this little segment here, uh, man, we kind of, we kind of talked about it last episode and you and I sitting uh, at the game uh, and even before the game on Thursday talked uh, more about this. And we talked to other folks that we were going to the game with, uh, the Collins Vaughn Mercedes, you know, now you throw Grandal in and you're going to throw Engle in too. When he comes back, uh, it mm. is a, it is a complicated kind of mess at this point. Grandal sat today, which I'm a little confused about, um, you know, Grandal's destroying left-handed pitching and he got sat down after two days rest, but you know, something's got to give, you know, Collins needs at bats. Vaughn needs at bats. You're not doing anything with Mercedes. He has to stay in the lineup right yeah. now. Uh, when Engel comes back, what, what, what's going on? Who gets sent to the alternate site in, in Schomburg? You know, we we talked how Mercedes' success, which is just unbelievable. It's taken uh, the team by storm, the fan base by storm nationally. I mean, this guy is is the talk of baseball. Uh, because of that success, a guy that I think they still have long, they think that probably is more suited long-term is Vaughn. And he's not getting the at-bats, man. He, yeah. he, he's he got 14 at-bats, two hits. He's not he's not getting the opportunities. And, and I just don't think he's able to get into a groove, into a rhythm. I mean, Collins got 40 hits and 20 at-bats. I think they've been maybe a little bit more timely. Um, but Vaughn just, you know... I, he's a curious case. I don't know what you're going to do with him. And it's, it's complicated. It's like, sometimes when you have, when you have two or three DHs, you don't have one. Does right. that make sense? And, no, that uh, makes all, all kinds of sense. Really? I, I mean, do you I, see that too? Do you yeah, feel I mean, that? I, do. I, I think Vaughn needs to get at bats and I don't think it's going to be on this club because when, in my opinion, when angle comes back, you have to play him in the outfield. You have to have the best defensive outfield you can. Yeah. And you can't put a guy out there on and hope and pray that nothing gets hit hard his direction. And I know we did that a lot with, with Aloy, <laughs> but yeah. you, you can't say, Oh gosh, I hope he does okay here. And you know, doesn't embarrass himself. Um, I think at this point you need to have the best defensive team out there because you, you, you really don't have any room for error in, in terms of, cause you're not scoring runs. I don't care who's in the lineup right now. You're not scoring enough runs anyway. Yeah. So you have to do the best you can to defend. Um, I think I think Andrew's got to be sent down. I mean, he's had it. A, it's unfortunate, but I think you're yeah. right. And he had a, a line out today. It was I, I thought you know it was destined for you know at least uh, some green grass. It just wasn't. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, you can't. Yeah, 
I don't know. Collins has done enough for me to stay in this lineup as or get as many at bats as he can. And and Mercedes, you can't you can't do anything with a guy hitting five hundred. He, he's untouchable right now. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, that's my my thoughts on it. Maybe that's sacrilegious to say Andrew Vaughn is the the odd man out, but right now I think he is. The way they're treating him. You know, the, the way that's going, uh, clearly it, Collins is like the is the backup, right? Um, mm-hmm. Even though they say they're, they've got three catchers, well, Mercedes is in the DH spot. You're not yeah. shaking Mercedes right now. Um, he's hitting everything and then how he's hitting. You know, he's he's hitting behind runners. He's he's hitting opposite field. He, he's banging. He's banging them off the wall for doubles. He's he's crushing them. Uh, at a record distance, um, like we saw at the home opener. So he is in, uh, he's getting on base. Uh, you keep Mercedes there, but yeah, like you said, defense, I think is, is, is so important right now too. And when Ingle comes back, it's like, well, we need Collins as our backup catcher. That's the guy that's getting the nod. And, and I thought he did, did a pretty nice job with cease today. Mm-hmm. Uh, behind the dish, uh, I like his arm. His arms come a long way. Uh, his arm has come a long way. You you could tell that that the Royals wanted to run on him and test yeah. him. And yeah, he, he was up to the test. It seemed. Yeah, uh, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, you know, I mean, framing and and blocking. He's he's getting there. Um, and he he's still he needs to learn these pitchers. He's trying to yeah. figure out the rapport. Uh, so yeah, I I agree, man. It, it's just a weird. You know, we we all thought, wow. With Aloy going down, the winner is Vaughn. The big winner is Vaughn. And it just mm-hmm. so happened that because of what happens to Mercedes here, now Vaughn's the loser. And, and in the small opportunities um, that Vaughn has had, he just hasn't shown it. And in a normal situation, it's like, that's okay because you mm-hmm. need to get your swings. But when you've got Mercedes, like, hey, I never even had any rust to begin yeah. this season. Uh, I don't need any. I don't need any uh, extra at bats. I hit the ground running, speeding, yeah. uh, sprinting. Uh, Vaughn looks like just a little overmatched and needs to get. He needs to get opportunities somewhere, and it's just not happening here. Yep, and a season never goes exactly how you have it drawn up and planned, right? There's going to be a plan B, a plan C, and and we might be on plan C right now with this lineup. So. Um, I think you just kind of cut out the, once angle comes back, you, you cut out the mystery and you say, you know, young fella, this is part of your, you know, you're failing to, mm-hmm. to be better in the future. And, and right now yeah. I think any, he's not lost or broken by any means in, in the nine games, but he just needs, like you said, opportunity and, and a safe opportunity where he can just go out there and perform. And, yeah. you know, not worry yeah. about the next day, not being in the lineup. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's talk home opener, which was on Thursday. And I think this, uh, this will still age well talking about this home opener because uh, for me, it was the first game I attended since uh, September, 2019. It was probably sometime during the year of 2019 for you as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just, you know, the whole lead up, uh, the weather obviously could have been a lot better. Uh, we were in a delay, but, you know, we were able to, to you know, gather and, and do some pre-gaming uh, at my place. And then we were able to just to walk over to the stadium, which was nice. But just getting into that stadium and the smells and the sounds and uh, just the, the vibe and the buzz 
from just the 8,000, you know, yeah. boy, you, you, you wish it was obviously a full capacity, but you could tell there were other folks that had missed being in that, in that world, in that, in that stadium so much. And it was amped from the get-go, you know, let's go White Sox chance nonstop. We had some rowdy folks sitting right next to us out in the left field bleachers. Uh, they came and went, I didn't, I don't know if they had the stamina <laughs> quite, but, um, it was, uh, and, and, and just then you have to look at uh, the things that happened, like Lance Lynn. I mean, just a beast, yeah. just an absolute beast, Pat. 11 Ks in, in the shutout, um, somewhere around 110 pitches. I, I loved reading the next day about like the dialogue that happened between him and Tony LaRussa. Uh, LaRussa kind of saying to him, like, are you good? And Lynn saying, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to go out. And then Tony said, okay, <laughs> that, that was the conversation. <laughs> and, and we were sitting right by the bullpen and there was like very little activity at all. The mm -hmm. entire game Hoyer got up and started throwing a little bit. And I think thought he was coming in in the ninth, he made a yeah. move to like go to the door. And then he saw Lynn strutting out, strolling out, lumbering out. <laughs> and he went right back to his bullpen activities yeah. And, uh, boy, uh, that was, that was awesome on that kind of night when, you know, hitting was kind of difficult. The conditions were difficult, not for Mercedes, but for the Royals, uh, Lynn shut him down. Um, your thoughts just on being there, uh, after a long, long time, almost two years. Yeah. I'll tell you, I, I, uh, because I'm a crazy person when I got home that evening, they're replaying the game and I, yeah. I, I watched the first couple innings and the, uh, television didn't do it justice i mean yeah the, yeah the and i and i say this it's weird because electricity with eight thousand fans but mm -hmm. there was an electricity it was there in, in yeah. the crowd there was uh just genuine love for this team that when you walk into that building and and you leave everything else behind and you're walking in as a Sox fan and you're around yeah. other Sox fans it's yeah it's a great community and fellowship of people that yeah. you just missed right yeah. just being around other folks um and i'll i'll say this you know there there are obviously some things that were different around about it being uh still you know covid uh yeah yeah protocols in place but yeah. um i thought the i thought they did a great job the the, the staff at, at guaranteed rate did a great job as, in terms of directing people it didn't seem like there was uh, too many issues from what I could tell of people not following what they were supposed to do. You had to stay in your own section once you were there, um, which the only thing that disappointed me was that I didn't uh, uh, break the rules and go and, and get myself a hot dog with grilled onions. I missed that. Yeah. But uh, yeah. there's another, there'll be another time. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, just being there, I, I was a little disappointed. I didn't hear na na na, hey hey goodbye. When yeah, let's Days talk about change, that. Yeah. You know, and and I miss I miss Thunderstruck. But yeah, you know, outside of that, it's still it was just great to be back in that ballpark. It's one of my favorite places uh, to spend. You know, three hours of my life. It's well, just awesome. so many. I mean, obviously, there's so much history, so many memories, and then after the year that you know has been had by the sports world, by by the human societal world, and everything that's been going on, um, not sure when you'll get back and to get back there for the home opener uh, and the, and the performance that was put on and, and just, you could see people kind of greeting each other and being with each other in that environment. Uh, and just the pure excitement of like, we are back here and it feels like home. 
You know, the yeah. Sox are home, but we as fans are home. Like yeah. this is, uh, you know, this is where we feel comfortable. Um, Everybody yeah, no, felt comfortable except for Pritzker and Lightfoot. Other than that, yeah, everybody was very well, comfortable there. Yeah, no, no shocker <laughs> there. Um, yeah, no thunderstruck. I thought for sure uh, they were gonna they were gonna run out to thunderstruck, and maybe we're just a couple of. You know, the, the, that stuff has passed us by, you know, I'm 40, you're 39 knocking on 40. I don't know. I still think the thunderstruck, thunderstruck plays, but it, it did not on the home opener. And after that big sports center featured on, on steams, nah, nah, Hey, Hey, goodbye. And what uh, the legend Nancy Faust uh, did with that. And, and just how it's so defining. I mean, that song just wasn't part of the 70s or the 80s. That, that, yeah. that has been just such the Chicago history yeah. of this is what goes on when you chase a starting pitcher. And the Sox chased uh, the Royals starting pitcher. Um, and to not hear, uh, hey, hey, goodbye. I mean, we, we, got, we had our own version going out in the bleachers. Yeah. But <laughs> to not hear it, uh, you know, e- even a recording or something, uh, now, now they played it uh, today for the Kansas City finale, and I think it was because uh, Tony Larusa talked about it in the media. He said, uh, you know, before the game, uh, excited to wear the '83s. Uh, you know, it's, it's the Sunday '83s. A lot of nostalgia there, and uh, he hopes to hear "Na Na Hey Hey Goodbye" because it was such an important part of the '83 season. And sure enough, uh, you heard it today. So hopefully, Tony gets that going again. Well, I, I hope he has something to say about uh, hitting with runners in scoring position position then to the media uh, today. Well, and, yeah, and maybe of that course, gets that going because music and nostalgia is fantastic. But you know, it's now it's time to win some ball games. Couple things that um, you know are, are definitely new to the baseball world uh, that you know we'll we'll experience the seventh seven inning a doubleheader situation in May. But the first thing is the extra innings rule. And obviously when you are um, at the uh, you know, you're, you're on the winning side of things. You don't mind that extra inning rule of having a runner start at second. Uh, it, it, you know, it still, I, I just don't get it. Like how can you not, how you, you have to, with our offense, you have to be able to manufacture a guy over from second to start the inning. Your thoughts just in general on this extra inning rule. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with trying to get the game over before it's, 14 innings and you're throwing guys out there and stretching out your bullpen. I, I'm okay with it. Cause I get it. I understand it. Um, most professional leagues have some type of weird overtime rule. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A- NHL it's four on four and then you're doing a shoe out in, in football. It's if you kick a field goal, you, you haven't won. Uh, you got to get, everybody's got to get the ball. It used to not be that way. It's whoever scored first. And yeah, you know, you know, yeah, I hear you. Five yeah. minutes. It's not yeah. like they play a full twelve-minute uh, yeah. order. So yeah. every every professional league has some type of overtime rule that doesn't. It isn't the same as the regular part of the game. So yeah, I'm okay with it. And here's here's the thing, I guess, in general about any kind of rule change, Nick. I don't understand why people get are so uh, against changes because they think it will never be able to change back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if it doesn't work then we'll change it back i i don't understand it's like okay this is it now forever and the game yeah. is over. if yeah. it doesn't work then it doesn't work it's okay to change yeah. i'm glad major league baseball is is 
uh, open to change something. And if it doesn't work in the way you intended it, then you can change it, either go back to the way it was or tweak it to something different. But I just don't understand. It's not going to be that way. for. It doesn't have to be that way forever. Yeah, I, I look at it as, you know, hey, if you are if you are a team that uh, can manufacture runs, uh, you're built that way. Um, you, you should have no problem. You should have no problem being able to get a guy from second home. I, obviously, you know, you're not going to you're not going to do it, you know, 100 percent of the time. But with, with the guys that we had up in the bottom of the 10th, we should have been able to do that. And yeah. shame on and shame on the socks. And like, if you can't do it, then, you know, I, you're not, I don't, I'm not going to go back and say, well, then we should not have a runner starting on second anymore. Base is clear. And you, you got to really earn that run. You know what? We should have been able to get that run. And so I, I, I don't, you know, the seven inning double headers, uh, you're going to rob people now of four innings of Sox baseball because of this situation. I, but I get it. You're, you're saving arms. I mean, we're, we're talking May 14th, so that's not a huge deal. But those those double headers, those two nine inning double headers late in the season can really destroy a bullpen for a while. Yeah. So I, I get the seven inning stuff. Um, you know, I, it, I again, if, if you want to start tweaking things, obviously make sure it's fair for everybody. But the Sox should have been able to score. And, and that that's just, just what drives us mad. That goes back to the beginning of this podcast, runners in scoring position. The, you the should two, have never been in that position in the first place. Because yeah, your, well, there you're well, sure. $3 million man should have closed sure. the game. Sure. And you're, all the guys that you have in that lineup that are supposed to be able to hit should have been able to get more than a run in the first nine and eight innings of the game. So yeah. I don't give me this on, and crying about a runner on second BS. Uh, a few, uh, just a few points here uh, uh, before we sign off, and, and we're pre- previewing the Cleveland series. Starts up uh, on Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is a day game. You have got uh, Rodon going. You have got Geo, Keuchel, Lynn. Okay, uh, confident with all these guys, especially, and it's weird to say. Rodon, after his last start, five innings, two hits, three walks, nine strikeouts, zero runs, touched 97-98 at times. We did not talk about him on the last episode. It's really shame on us. He's going to start this series. There is a redemption here for what Cleveland did to the Sox in late September. And and, and to Rodon. Yes, bingo. Um, it's early in the season. You don't want to get your, let your emotions just take you socks just suffered a really difficult loss, uh, today. I mean, thoughts coming in to this Cleveland series. I mean, I, I think you got to take three or four. I well, really do on paper that this team has the advantage. Cleveland shouldn't have a team that should score a lot of runs. They've always been able to find pitchers. They, they get rid of, you know, Cy Young candidate pitchers or Cy Young award-winning pitchers and, and just be able to, you know, retool from their, from their farm system. But this should be a series we should win. And Nick, we should win it pretty handily in my opinion. Yeah. And um, if we split a split to me is unacceptable at this point, Okay. because okay. I agree. Um, now it's time. If you guys have talked all off season about stepping on people's throats and it's, you know, having the intensity and all that other crap that you guys wanted to talk 
and, and run your mouth about on every, any interview that you, you got you know brought into. Mm-hmm. Now's the time to step on people's throats and yeah. don't lose the teams like, and who knows if we, if we had a game Saturday, maybe they win Saturday and they, they win this series against the Royals and you win series, you know, that's, that's a wonderful thing. But at this point, we, we've got a rubber match coming up in May with the Royals. So, mm-hmm. um, I, you, you can't, you can't anything less than three out of four to me is a failure. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, again, every, what you had said looks good on paper is, is kind of the theme. Um, whether it's our offense, whether it's our bullpen, uh, you look at some of these, these games coming up on the schedule and you're like, Oh, that that's a series win. That could be yeah. a sweep. Uh, and we all play this game every single year, but uh, just, you know, I, I, again, like you, you have to take advantage of some of these, especially in the central. So I'm looking for the sacks to really uh, be reminded of what happened to them uh, late last season. And uh, I, I really, I, 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 these bats have got to, they, they have to come awake. The, some of these numbers cannot continue. And uh, I, I'm really curious to see what Rodan's going to do in his second turn. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And uh, remind me, does Cleveland have a name yet? No. Uh, well, How I mean, how long does it take to think of a name? I mean, <laughs> I mean, they've got to have people in marketing, right? That that this should be their job. Yeah. I mean, it should be on their Outlook calendar Monday morning. Think of a name. Well, I yeah, I, I don't know if it's going with like shareholders or if they've getting the, the fans or the city involved. If there's voting, um, yeah, I, I don't think they. I don't even know if they've narrowed it down. But then again, I I'm not you know I'm not following this story very closely. Get, I get could, a, a, a you know a, a book of animals and start flipping sure. around and pick an animal. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, hey man, uh, I I agree uh, with you on that. I I I have just. You know, I go through the central. I'm like, can't stand Kansas City, hate Minnesota, uh, can't stand Detroit, hate Cleveland. And I don't know which one I hate more. I hate them all. But there's those 90s Cleveland teams, Pat, that every time we play Cleveland and uh, it's just those those nightmares come up and and, and they've come back and bid us several years after. I mean, there's been many years since those those dreaded 90s teams where Cleveland has been a thorn in our side and. Uh, so I, I, after last year, what they did and what we let them do to us, boy, I, I would like a sweep, but three out of four, man, send a message. I am with you. And, and Carlos Baerga still, still haunts my dreams. Yes, I'm with you. Uh, <laughs> all those guys, uh, the, the Kenny Loftons, the Viergas, the, Oh man. I mean, what, what Tommy was doing, it, it just was so weird when he came out of the sack. Yeah. I mean, you think about that, those, those teams Cleveland had, they were stacked. Yeah. That was, a, that we, was a stacked team. And we had just about everybody except for Carlos Baerga in, in, in the socks at some point. <laughs> or, uh, that's, that's Kenny Williams for you. Yeah, oh, it really is. This guy. We will get that team. We will uh, uh, you know, get them somehow. We'll get that team. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we hope uh, we hope to check in and talk after the Cleveland series. Maybe uh, something on Thursday night. Uh, wrap up this four-game series, uh, folks. You can find all of our podcasts anywhere you find podcasts, especially on the ShyCitySports.com website. Uh, make sure you subscribe. You pass this podcast along to other Sox fans. Uh, you, hopefully you give it a five-star rating if you enjoyed yourself. It helps other Sox fans find us. We do appreciate that. 
Uh, we're on Twitter at Good Guys TV and uh, on a Facebook page as well, Good Guys Talk Back. Uh, for Pat Hester, I am Nick Morowski. Until next time, go Sox.